book of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew, chapter 16. This morning I want to talk about that day, that day. And uh, we'll find that that phrase, that day, has been used several times or is used several times in Scripture. Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse number 1, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? Let's pray. Lord, help us to glean from your word this morning. Help us to be a blessing to this church. Lord, we thank you for what we've already enjoyed, the fellowship, the songs, the singing, the choir, the individuals that sang solos. And Father, I pray that you would bless the time of preaching now. Help me to rightly divide the word of truth. May it go out in power and spirit, penetrate hearts as only you can in Christ's name. Amen. When I was a young boy, my uncle, Bob, uh, he was an old sailor, had tattoos all over him from when he's a sailor. and He was a pretty heavy drinker at that time. And he and uh, my aunt, my mother's sister, had no children. And so he kind of adopted me, and he would take me fishing. And we went fishing one day in a boat, and we were plugging. And uh, we'd casting these lures out there and reeling them back in. And I had asked my father if I could use his brand new rod and reel. He said, sure, you do something to hurt it. And he said, I'll have your hide. (laughs) And uh, I believe he meant that. And so... We were out fishing and, and it began to rain. And I remember casting just as hard as I could. I was going to cast that lure out in the middle of the lake. I was a young boy. I didn't know that you don't catch too many fish out in the middle. They're closer to the bank. And uh, when I, when I threw, cast the rod, it came out of my hand. <laughs> my heart sank along with the rod and reel. And uh, my uncle tried to resurrect it by putting some treble hooks and sinkers on a on a line, but uh, unsuccessful. And uh, but my uncle used to say, "Red in the morning, sailor take warning. Red at night, sailor's delight." I thought he was a genius. How in the world could a person ever come up with such? A... And he was always right. And then I read it in the Bible. It's here in Matthew chapter sixteen, verses one, two, and three. And uh, that's what we find. And and Jesus is talking to the Sadducees and the religious leaders, uh, Pharisees. And and he said, oh, you hypocrites, verse 3, you can discern the, the face of the sky, but you can't discern the signs of the times. Folks, there's a lot of signs of the times, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm reminded uh, how C.S. Lewis one time attended this conference, preachers, and this uh, symposium. Uh, and, the, and the title of it was 
the hope of history. What is the hope of history? And all of these different preachers had, you know, an opinion on this subject. And one stood up and said, there is no hope. Another one said, the only hope is for man to love one another. And when C.S. Lewis appeared, they all asked Dr. Lewis what he thought the hope of history was. He said, the only hope is the return of Jesus Christ. Wow. I believe that. We're living in perilous times. Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. When we watch the news and we see what's happening uh, around the globe, especially uh, in Ukraine and in Israel, and uh, I've been 19 times to Ukraine and 19 times to Israel. I have a lot of good friends in both. Uh, I can speak a little bit of Russian, just enough to get myself in trouble. But the fact of the matter is, I have dear friends over there. And uh, just recently, uh, a rocket hit very near the home of one of my closest friends, uh, Yevgen Kozachenko, in uh, Nipopetrov, Ukraine. Uh, I have a dear friend that's, uh, well, he stood up as I told the Sunday school class. He stood up as my best man when Paula and I were married a little over two years ago. And I uh, flew him in from Tel Aviv uh, to Charleston, West Virginia. And uh, he was my best man. His two sons were activated for the Israeli Defense Force because of the attack that had occurred on October 7th last year in 2023. One was in Gaza, the other on the border with Hezbollah in Lebanon. And so when we see what's going on in the world today, uh, it ought to arrest our attention and make us curious about what the Bible has to say. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 36, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. The phrase that day is frequently used in scripture and it normally refers to the last days or the latter times preceding the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, there are some people who don't believe that Jesus will come again. Peter wrote in his epistle uh, about those who would say, well, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers have fallen asleep, all things continue as they were. There are those today who are skeptics, people who don't believe that Jesus is coming again. But I believe the only hope of mankind is the second coming of Christ. The hope of mankind today was provided 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. Between the first coming of Jesus 2,000 years ago and the second coming, whenever that day will be, there is one in the middle called the sinister coming, or at least that's what I like to call it. The secret coming the sinister coming, the second coming. In other words, the rapture must occur before the Antichrist is revealed and the tribulation must occur before the second coming occurs. And Jesus will come at the end of that second coming and he will set things in order and sit up on the throne of his father David in Jerusalem. What are some signs 
of that day or the last days. And Jesus spoke about the morality of the last days. In Matthew 24, 37 and 38, notice what Jesus said. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. When we look around today, I have to ask, is that not true? People today are more interested in eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. They're more interested in the things of this world, the good times they can have. Today, they'll be having the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, probably the most sinful city on, in the United States. And I, I was there before. And uh, when I was in the military, we went, we went uh, to the Mojave Desert and, uh, and, and we passed through Vegas. And I had never been to Vegas, hadn't been back since. Don't have any desire to go there. But the bottom line is, uh, it's not a, very, uh, not a very holy place, that's for sure. And Paul talked about the falling away. He talked about a falling away in the last days. In 1 Timothy 4.1, the Bible says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Is that not true today? The Bible says that the day, that this last day that Paul was talking about will be marked by a, uh, really be marked by an increase of godlessness and lawlessness. When we look around today, this is not the world that I grew up in as a young teenager, a young elementary school child. This is not the same world. Today, we have seen people take absolute truth and turn it into relative truth. Absolute. There used to be things that were absolutely true. When, when, uh, when a child is born, it's either a male or a female. That's an absolute truth. But today it's become a relative truth in the minds of many people. Today we see uh, public schools that are denying parents the right to have the best interests of their own children. Uh, and, and these public schools are saying it's none of the parents' business if the child wants to transition from a male to a female or a female to a male. I, I heard the story about this, this woman. She was a politician, also a dairy farmer. And these reporters were interviewing her, and one of them said, well, what about your stand on, on gender identity? And she says, well, I believe there are males and females and you're born that way. He says, well, that's not what everybody believes today. And she says, well, I'll tell you what. She said, you go out there and try to milk that bull and you tell me how successful you are. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good way of putting it. The last days will be marked by an increase of lawlessness. Look at 2 Timothy. Open your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. 
covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Is that not true today? Jesus said in the last days that iniquity should abound. He says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Matthew 24, 12. That's true today. Jesus said, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? That's the question. Luke 18, 8. When the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith in you? Will he find faith on the earth? Peter spoke of scoffers in the last days. And I already talked about this verse, but he says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, where's the promise of his coming? Jesus spoke about worldwide persecution in Matthew 24, 9 and 10. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for mine's sake, my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, shall betray one another and shall hate one another. He's speaking primarily, I believe, <clears throat> of the Jewish people. In Mark 13, 12, the Bible says, Now the brother shall, uh, shall betray the brother to death. And the father, the son, the children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. We're seeing a lot of that today. The Bible speaks about worldwide evangelism. When has there ever been a greater opportunity to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ than today? We have television, we have uh, internet, we have books, we have tracts that you all pass out. Uh, we have so many different ways radio, that we can reach out and proclaim the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We're seeing that worldwide evangelism taking place today. Not every person in the world has heard the gospel. I've been to Tanzania, Africa, and preaching the gospel. Many people there have never heard of the gospel. There are people in Africa that worship water pots and trees, and animals. There's a real need to get the gospel out. But more people are being able to be reached today than ever before. Jesus said people would not be ready for his coming. Somebody said, I know exactly when Jesus is coming. And they said, how can you know that? Because the Bible says so in Matthew 24, 44. In such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. The more people that don't believe He's coming, I believe the closer His coming is. And many people do not believe in the second coming, let alone the rapture of the church that happens before. And there are no signs, by the way, for the rapture. That could take place today. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the trumpet can sound, we talked about that in the Sunday school hour, the sounding of the trumpet. For the last 2,000 years, the church has been saying, get ready, get ready. Are you ready? Get ready. 
Well, how do you get ready? You get ready by trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, by admitting, by uh, just admitting that you're a sinner, confessing that you're a sinner. The Bible is very clear. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. If you've never been born again, you're on your way to hell. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. The Bible says, he that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed on the only begotten Son of God. Many in the church are not looking for his coming. They're not living like he's coming. Are you living like Jesus could come back today? How would you like to meet him today? You said, well, I, I would need to get on my knees and rededicate my life for it. Then you ought to do that this morning. Because Jesus might come back today. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Just like the song that Paula sang, I just can't wait. I'm not, I listen, I'm going to be prostrate on my face before God. Just like John did. We all think, I can't wait. I'm just going to give Jesus a big hug. I'm going to fall on my face and cry like a baby because I'm going to be ashamed. I haven't always been what I ought to be as a child of God, neither of you. But we need to strive to be as faithful as we possibly can. Are you doing that? Do you have unconfessed sin in your life? Do you need to come and say, Lord, I want to rededicate my life. I've done this, I've done that. It's like that one man came to the altar. Uh, the pastor told everybody to come to the altar and, 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 and confess their sins. And, and he noticed this one guy just standing there and just kind of twiddling his thumbs. And he said, what's wrong? He said, I can't think of any. He said, well, just guess. He said, you know what? He guessed right every time. He guessed right every time. The Bible speaks of travel and knowledge increasing in the last days. I've been on the Eurostar from England to Paris, France, under the English Channel, 185 miles an hour on a train. Whew. We passed another train going the opposite direction, inches apart, both of us, 185 miles per hour. We've seen space shuttles in outer space. We've seen man landing on the moon. Travel definitely has changed. And knowledge I don't know how people do some of the things they do. Television, satellite, computers. I mean, I have no clue how any of that. I can't even work on a car, you know. I just never did take the time to learn. I just too busy playing baseball and football and sports, and I didn't take the time to learn how to be a mechanic. I wished I had. It would save me some money today. The Bible says in the last days, that men would be more interested in material gain. More interested in material gain than spiritual matters. In James chapter 5, you can read about rich men, how that they should weep and howl for their miseries. Your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver, uh, James writes, is cankered. And the rest of them shall be a witness against you. And, you shall, and they and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days, he says. For the last days. We're living in the last days. The Bible says that men would be fearful in the last days. Luke 21, 25, upon the, 
on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. COVID caused so many people to fear it, and so many people are still in fear of COVID. And rightfully so, it's a deadly disease. Many people were afraid to take the vaccine. I never had heart issues until I took the vaccine. Now I've had cardiac arrest twice in two years. My wife says, I'm just wondering how much that vaccine had to do with that. I don't know. I know God's in charge, so I'm going down swinging. Amen. With all that's going on in the world, people are becoming more and more fearful. The Bible speaks of peace conferences. For when men shall say, peace and safety, safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. Do you realize that there's, there's no peace on this earth? And there will never be peace on this earth until the Prince of Peace comes. One out of every 20 Americans is an alcoholic. Many people become drug addicts because they can't sleep at night, and so they begin taking tranquilizers or pills of some sort to help them sleep. Mental institutions today are, are filled, overflowing with people that have disorders. Troubled souls, millionaires, billionaires committing suicide. Why? Because money doesn't bring happiness. What shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? We're living in the last days. I want to, I want to finish by saying three things about this this day that the Bible speaks so much about. Three things. One, that day will be a day of revelation. I'm talking about the coming of Christ. That day will be a day of revelation. When Jesus came and died on the cross, that was his first coming, but he's coming again. And that day will be a revelation. Why? Because in Revelation 1, 7, it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Now listen, folks, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be coming back with Jesus. You see, I'll be raptured seven years prior to that. I'll be out of here. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And so Jesus today is preparing a place for them, for those that love him. The Bible says, I have not seen or ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Do you love God? Now think about that before you answer it. Do you love God? Jesus said this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Either you don't love him, or you don't know him. That's for sure. But to know him is to love him. It will be a day of revelation. People who aren't expecting Jesus to return are going to be shocked. 
when Jesus returns on a white horse and the eastern sky is split wide open. Those of us who were raptured seven years before. I was born in Kentucky, okay? But I can't ride a horse very well. I got seven years to learn. Seven years to learn. And I'm going to be coming back. Not to help Jesus. He didn't need my help to fight. But I'm going to be a witness of it all. It will be a day of revelation. Secondly, it will be a day of condemnation. Condemnation. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, 8, and 9 says this. And, for, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. It will be a day of revelation, but it will be a day of condemnation for those who have never been born again. Make no mistake about it. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. There's coming a day, the Bible says, it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Now you can say, well, I don't believe that. Two seconds after you get there, you'll change your mind. That's a fact. Revelation 19, 15 says, and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. The Bible speaks so much about the love of God, but it also talks about the fact that God is a God of judgment. He's a righteous God. He's a holy God. And he will pour out wrath upon those who reject his son, Jesus Christ. Thirdly, not only is it a day of revelation and condemnation, it's a day of salvation. A day of salvation. 2 Thessalonians 1.7 and to you who are troubled, rest with us. Rest with us. I don't know about you, but I get tired. I'm not the youngest nor the oldest person in the house. But I'm old enough to be tired. And one of these days, we're going to rest. Now, listen. Down here is temporary. Up there is forever. I'm going to work as much as I can possibly work for the Lord. Not to get saved, but because I am saved. For the saved, it will be a day of salvation. No longer will we live in this present evil world. No longer will we struggle with our flesh. The song that Paul sang was perfect for this, this message. I won't have to fight off my sin anymore. Do you feel that? Do you understand that phrase in that song? There's coming a day that I won't have to fight off my sin anymore. Why? Because the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that we cannot do the things that we would. We're in a spiritual battle. Praise God. My soul has been born again. I've been saved. My spirit, I've been saved, but my flesh is still warring against my soul and my spirit. But one day I'll have a new body. This mortal will put on immortality. No longer will we have to have sorrow, sickness, sadness, 
death. Nor will there be strife among nations and people. Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. This is the reason why we must prepare to meet God today. We don't know when Jesus is coming back for his bride, the church. But when it happens, you won't have an opportunity to get saved after that. Are you ready? Bow your heads with me, please. I don't know who's saved, who's not. But I know God wants all men to be saved. He wants you to be saved. If you were the only person on earth, Jesus still would have come and died upon the cross of Calvary so that you could have eternal life. You can have eternal life now. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. With outstretched hands, the Lord says, come, come. In just a moment, I'm going to give an invitation. We're going to play a song. If that's you, you need to come. If you'd like to come and rededicate your life. Because Jesus could very well come today. And if you're not ready to meet him, you need to get ready. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. I pray that your will would be done in this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. If God's spoken to your heart, you come. You come.